Hi, and welcome to our latest reflection based around the resource Worship in the Wilderness by Sarah and Sam Hargraves of Engage Worship. Today I'm going to begin by sharing some words from the Gospel of John, from chapter 6, towards the end of that chapter. From this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You don't want to leave too, Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. We can be very fickle creatures. If you want proof of that, we only need to look at the world of sport. Football in particular. In the last week, I can think of a couple of quite big name managers who have faced criticism or even been rumoured to be facing the sack. And yet those same managers, a month, two, three months ago, were being heralded for the great work they had done at the clubs. One week a team is considered resurgent, the next week it's dismal and in decline. And my CD and iTunes collections uh, both kind of testify to the somewhat fickle nature of my musical taste. Yes, there are singers and bands that I've listened to for years, some since early teens. But then there are others that maybe I got that one track or that one CD and pretty much instantly forgot I had them, never listened to it again. Jesus too faced the fickle nature of crowds. There were times when he could be in demand and he'd struggle to get away from people. And then other times... He couldn't get anyone to listen to him. He'd be left alone. Next week's Holy Week, and it'll begin with the crowds cheering him on, shouting Hosanna. But within days, we'll turn to jeering and shouts of crucify. John 6 is a chapter which has one such fickle nature of crowds type episode. It starts with Jesus feeding a large crowd with a packed lunch and the people then decide they want him to be their king. But Jesus doesn't want anything to do with that so he makes his escape. Still the crowds pursue him and what follows is a rather long complicated dialogue in which Jesus talks about himself as the bread of life. The crowd don't get it. What they do understand is that Jesus isn't willing to just be what they want them to be. And so seemingly within a day of having just had their fill of the five loaves and the two fish and wanting them to be their king, they begin to drift away. 
but not all. Jesus turns to the twelve he had called to follow him and says, You what lot want to go to? As is so often the case, it's Peter who speaks up for the whole group. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to know and to believe that you are the Holy One of God. Of course, it's not just first century Galilean crowds which can be fickle. Our faith too can wax and wane. We receive an answer to prayer and we get on top of the world. But the next time trouble comes, or even when something comes along that we just don't understand, we can grow quite distant and drift from God. Thing is, though, taking God out of the equation helps a lot less than we think. Pete Gregg, who wrote God on Mute and the prayer course, which we have been doing during Lent, speaks of how his wife was in hospital with Yet another seizure, another prayer that he had uttered for her didn't seem to have gone anywhere. And he found himself asking her whether she really ever doubted God, whether God was listening, whether God cared. And she replied, oh no. How can I turn from God? God's all I've got. It's here we get to the heart of why true faith is formed in the wilderness. When things are going smoothly, we have little reason to question anything, let alone our faith. It's when things get tough that those questions arrive. And sometimes it might be belligerently, defiantly digging in, holding on to faith, perhaps even despite ourselves. Those are the moments that our faith really takes a leap forward. But it begins in the day-to-day -day grind, sticking with God, being faithful in the run-of-the-mill day-to-day of life, building a relationship with God. There's a beauty to Peter's simple words of trust. But they are born from someone who has spent time with Jesus. Someone who has been round the block a few times with him. I've come to realise that even if what he's saying or doing at this particular moment doesn't make sense. Give it time. He generally knows what he's doing. Others might only stick around when there's a free meal on offer or when Jesus is going to give them something they want. But it's those like Peter who stick around in the normal, in the good and bad, even when they can't make sense of it all. They really get to see what he can be and mean to them. One of the things that's gone out of fashion these days is learning parts of the Bible off by heart. It was something which was a big part of my childhood. Not even really just 
churchy stuff, you know, school stuff as well, you know. And you know what? Quite a lot of it is still there years later. Of course, there's a fair chunk I've never returned to, never needed. And sometimes maybe I would just prefer to remember why I went upstairs. But there are times when stuff that was lodged deep in here has returned to me just when I needed it. It has proved to be words which sustained me when very little else did. So why not give it a go? Take a verse or two of scripture, maybe a short psalm, maybe a saying of Jesus and commit it to memory. Something that in a particular moment has resonated with you. Don't just learn it as an end in itself. But reflect on it, meditate on it, allow it to make the 18 inch journey from the head to the heart. You don't know what it will do. In time it may sustain you when you need it. It might not seem like it at the time. But it may truly turn into words of eternal life. Grace and peace be with you today. God bless you.